0: Hello, I'm Stephanie Preisner, and you are listening to Basically. I'm really excited about this week's episode. You may not have remembered this actor's name. His name is Nate Richard, but you may remember him as Harvey Kinkle. Harvey Kinkle from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, all of my teenage heartthrobs in one human form. I work with Nate in Los Angeles. I also am a screenwriter for those of you who don't know and I'm writing a script over there at the moment and I have been working with Nate for a little while and I'm super excited about this episode because I wanted to get a real life look at what it is like to be a child actor. Um, I will also be asking him about how he felt about being obsessed about by... I, I don't know how many, I don't know how many countries Sabrina the Teenage Witch made it to, um, but me and all of my girlfriends had posters of this man, boy, farm boy, <laughs> on our walls growing up as a teenager. So we'll jump into that conversation. Um, before we do, I want to remind you that I'm going to be doing an episode that is filled with your questions and my answers to them in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to put up a question box on my Instagram at Stephanie Preissner. That's Stephanie with an F. Um, and just ask me your questions, send them in to me and I will answer them on the podcast. Also, thank you all for your messages on Instagram about how much you love the podcast. It makes me really happy. Like maybe you think that I don't care about that. I try to respond to everyone. But when I see people rating and reviewing the podcast online, that's literally the best thing that you can do for me. If you want to show your support is write a review of the podcast. Even if you don't like it, written reviews are basically the currency of podcasting. So I would thank you for those of you who have already done it. And if you haven't, please think about whether you might write a review of the podcast Also, if you are listening to this and there's a sound in the background, I am an idiot and I decided to put on a wash before I recorded this podcast, so the washing machine is going. It's six o'clock in the morning because Nate is in Los Angeles, so I have to catch him and I can't go upstairs to record it because, you know, sleep is sacred and I don't want to wake people and it's coronavirus time, so I'm recording this in my house. So thank you very much and here's the episode. I nearly called you Harvey. Of course I nearly called you Harvey. That's Nate fine. Richard. How are you doing?
1: I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm okay. Um I have always been fascinated by the idea of being a child actor. It looks like so much fun because, you know, we only see the end result, which is the movie. What age did you start acting at?
1: Uh, seven. I was seven years old. I I did a lot of uh, commercials. First thing I did was uh, a U.S. Armed Forces commercial, the the kid who had to eat his green beans. And uh, uh, I did some toy commercials, stuff like that. Sorry, eat
0: your green beans so that you could then be strong enough to be in the army. I believe that was the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hilarious. And how did you were you like walking around the mall and some agent came up to you or how does a child get into being a child actor?
1: I think that's uh, I've heard that story before that 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 happens. Uh, but but uh, my, my mother and my sister did a lot of community theater. Um, okay. And there was a, another kid in the in the show that they were doing. And the mother said to my mother, you know, you should really get your daughter uh doing these commercials, doing these things, meet, meet with the, our agent and, and my parents set up a meeting. And I was honestly, I was just there uh, because they had, to, you know, had to take me with. And uh, that agent um, said, well, we'd love to sign your, your daughter. Uh, your son's here too. Do you want to sign him up? And they signed me up. And for me, it was great because I, I got to leave school for auditions, uh, which was a big deal when you're a kid to, to just get up out of class and walk out. <laughs>
0: Walk out the door. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a dream. And like, were these all commercial auditions? Or Uh, how frequently did you audition? Mostly.
1: I I grew up in uh, Minnesota. And uh, so they would take me downtown for these auditions. Um, Most of them were commercials and print work uh, is what I did predominantly. I I did uh, audition for films. Um, I did go out. There was a, a, a movie called... Radio flyer, and I did get sent out to Los Angeles when I was very young, maybe eight, nine years old, uh, to do a screen test uh, where they they put you in front of the cameras and uh, and have you do do the scene. And um, I vaguely remember that it's so weird. I'm 42 now. I was maybe eight or nine then, and and I and I do remember uh, how hot the lights were.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> Did, did you, like, as a, so as a child, they're flying you out to Los Angeles for a screen test. Were you just like, cool, I don't have to go to school? Or was the, was, did you then decide I want to do this as a career? Or was it still just something that happened because you were with your sister at the right time?
1: Oh, well, those are a lot of things. Uh, yes. Uh, when they, when I, when I found out I was going to do this screen test, it became a lot more real um, because up until then it was something that I just, I, I went, uh, a, a half an hour, uh, down the road to, to go do, and now they're putting you on an airplane to go do so that there was a, a more of a reality to that. Um, but it, uh, I think it, for me, it was watching all the shows that I used to watch. Uh, I, I was very much brought up by the television yeah. Uh, I had two working parents. Um, I was, uh, I guess sort of a latchkey kid. I, you know, I, I would, uh, go home after school and, uh, uh, plug myself in in front of the television and I'd watch, um, pretty much anything that was on. I mean, back then you got to understand we, there were, there were no computers, there were no yeah, yeah, on yeah. demand, none of that stuff. You you watched what was on the television and, and so there were a lot of reruns, so many reruns. Uh, it's when uh, uh, a program called Nick at Night started where, where uh, they played all the, all the reruns from the 60s. Uh, uh, we had Mr. Ed, uh, which was a, a show about a talking horse. And we had uh, 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 I Dream of Jeannie. And later I got to work with Barbara Eden, which was phenomenal um, amazing
0: so was it through that like so you're watching it your love of acting and your desire to be an actor started by doing the commercials but watching the reruns and thinking yeah, i could do that
1: 100 percent from watching television I, I i i wanted to do it i would mimic it my cousins and my friends and i we would uh mimic things we saw on television uh you know this is the 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 dana carvey and and phil hartman era of saturday night live um, I watched shows, uh, that were on like, um, kids in the hall, which was a, a Canadian based show that, uh, Lauren Michaels also produced, uh, he, you know, he produced, produces Saturday night live. Uh, so there were those kind of shows. And then there were the, the sitcoms, like the family ties growing pains. Uh, the Cosby show was a big one for me. Um,
0: I remember Mal- the Cosby show too. It's kind of tricky to talk about it now. I'm it like, is. Uh, but you know what we can yeah.
1: say? We can say Malcolm Jamal Warner. We can we could say that name proudly. We can. But it, it's and I, funny because I I it to be wa- Malcolm I Jamal. That show.
0: And now it's difficult to Sometimes I do wonder about like the past commenting on the on the present where it's like I'm almost sweating a little bit now because we started talking about the Cosby Show, you know. But uh, it's,
1: yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough to to think that uh, you know any that of that was happening. Yeah, I mean, and, and it does. It destroys uh, a whole a whole fan base uh, of 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 people of kids that that grew up watching it. It really, uh, yeah, it's it's tough to uh, fathom all that.
0: So at some point, you're in Minnesota, watching all of these TV shows and doing the commercials and dreaming of being an actor with your agent, who's also your sister's agent. Talk to me about how Sabrina the Teenage Witch came onto your radar.
1: I, uh, I was auditioning constantly and doing commercials, mostly print work, stuff like that growing up. Um, and when I was about 17, one of the agents at that agency uh, quit. And started managing. And she started taking groups of kids uh, to Los Angeles, uh, introducing us to um, agents. And we, we started to audition. I was in her first wave of kids. She, she actually brought out groups every year. Um, I was in the first wave. Um, Were you still in school? I graduated at 17. I I didn't take a study hall and I didn't fail a class. And so they let me rearrange my classes so that I could graduate essentially a half a year early um, and move and move to Los Angeles. And yeah, I was was in that first wave. Uh, Kelly Carlson, who was in Nip Tuck. She was in that first wave. Um, Second wave the following year was Josh Hartnett.
0: Um, Ever heard of him? Ever heard of him? right (laughs) okay so you go to LA and so she was she was you know she knew
1: how to pick them Uh, my my agent at the time manager at the time yeah
0: and what's the difference between an agent and a manager uh that's a good question
1: nowadays not much but But with her back then a manager uh managed your career they they made sure that your Wants, desires, needs, thoughts were were heard in, in maybe a way that you weren't prepared to say yourself. Uh, there, you know, believe it or not, there's some shy actors out there. Um, so they would uh, be your force uh, when speaking with agents and when and, and, and making sure that that you were uh, heard and ta- and taken care of. Okay. And um, and an agent, uh, you know, essentially has the. The relationships with the casting directors and get 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 you in the room.
0: Uh, get you in the room. Yeah. So talk to us about the Sabrina the Teenage Witch audition.
1: Oh wow! Do Let's you remember? See. I do. I remember parts. I mean, you know, it fades with time, but uh, I do remember um, they did bring us in quite a few times. Uh, I did have lucky
0: pants that I wore. Oh uh, my god! Describe them.
1: Uh, they were uh, <laughs> acid wash. Levi's jeans that were completely shredded. Uh, that was uh, shredded like
0: at the knees or at the just, bottoms.
1: Just all shredded, you know, like the the torn the torn jeans, like torn all the way up. It was very nineties, uh, right? Okay. And and they were my, you know, the the auditions, the commercials, and stuff that I had around that time. I, I that I booked. I was wearing those pants, so it was very it was very uh, uh, serious that I that I wear these pants to this audition where and was it's the such audition, a weird thing it? to remember but you gotta understand it was a long time ago i remember very little
0: so was it down there on melrose that's right
1: where where that's that's where i bought those those jeans yeah
0: <laughs> not where you bought the jeans where yes. the audition
1: was Nick. oh the audition god who knows it was uh oh any number of casting offices switch so much you know it's they 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 burn up a lease somewhere and based on how they've been doing, they may get a bigger office somewhere. They may get a smaller office somewhere else. Uh, Okay.
0: So I do know it was in the Hollywood area. So at what point do you remember like getting the job, walking into the Paramount Studios? Like what was the big moment that you do remember?
1: The the first season was actually at at Universal. Right. And and, uh, the, the first thing I remember about that is that I did not own a vehicle at the time. And I was taking the bus to get to the studio, and uh, the bus was constantly late. The, the, bus- <laughs> the bus was constantly late or ridiculously early, and I missed it. And so at some point, uh, the producers had a talk, and they, and they made uh, – who's uh, a friend of mine I've lost touch with recently, but uh, he, he was a PA at the time, and they made him come pick me up. And I, I always felt bad for that guy. <laughs> because they make them you- they make them get up extra early to, to get me because i kept missing the bus or, or the bus was late and yeah th- those were those were fun so things.
0: at that point you're still it still hasn't hit you that you're like
1: not you at set, all were you
0: four so three all. four on the casting list like where were you down the i was uh, Melissa Joan Hart was Sabrina and then the two yes
1: the two ants and then myself so i was uh i guess what you'd call a fourth banana um and it, and at that point no it none of it sunk in it it didn't sink it i had done a pilot just prior to this and it didn't go and so we're we're uh, through the first episode halfway through the second episode and i'm thinking yeah it might not you know this might fizzle tomorrow you know we don't know i don't know and um i think when we made it through the f- the first season, you have the uh, the initial 13 episodes and then they, they give you what they used to call the back nine, uh, which puts you at 22. And then there was like a bonus two after that. So once we got that back nine, I was like, oh, this might actually work out. And then we got that bonus two episodes. And, and I thought, wow, this is uh, – there's something to this.
0: <laughs> and uh, how many – so how would you get the scripts? How did the because right now when I'm working, it's all email. That's how we submit, that's how we do edits, we get things to cast. Oh how, yeah.
1: There wasn't What no was all email. that like? Yeah, no, email was not a thing back then. You got the script uh hand delivered to your doorstep. You'd hear that smack on the uh on the door and you knew the script was there. And and um
0: What do you mean? It, they just throw it at the door?
1: They like a courier would throw it at the door as if it were the, the morning news. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. That doesn't seem like it sounds so protected, like a courier would drop it no. to your house because well, it was so important. And then I'm they just sure throw that's it at what, the door?
1: I'm sure that's what they told them to do. But, you know, they're tired. They've already spent the entire day there. I don't, you know, I don't blame them at all for chucking it at the door.
0: <laughs> so how many days in advance of filming would you get it?
1: Uh Well, we'd get the, the Monday script was the table read. So we get that uh, by Sunday night. Sometimes so tell sooner. people
0: what a table read is.
1: Table read is where you uh, you you have your script. Everyone in the cast, um, minus maybe a few of the peripheral parts, would be sat around a large uh, uh, group of of uh, folding tables that were lengthwise, and uh, we'd all sit around that, and we would read the script. With the the director that week would generally read the the stage direction. Uh, during and uh, to get to get a, uh, an idea of the time because you always needed to know how much time it was going to take, um, and so that would yeah, Salem
0: be cool. there? The cat,
1: Nick Bakay was always there, uh, <laughs> to my recollection. I, I heard uh, because uh, towards the end, I think the second to last season, I wasn't there, and he started another show, so he uh, would have uh, one of the puppeteers would read for him, is what I've heard, uh, but. For to my recollection, I always I always saw Nick there.
0: And so you do the table read, and then you start filming on the Tuesday. And we'd we would rehearse Tuesday.
1: Uh, we we would uh, we would have the table read Monday uh, morning. We would rehearse the rest of the day Monday, get sent home, and then Tuesday was more rehearsals. Also, uh, usually followed with a, another a, a rewrite of the script. We might get uh, Monday night. We might hear that smack on the door, uh, or we might not. Um, we would get through Tuesday at the end of Tuesday's rehearsals. We would do what was called a network run through. That's where all the suits came down from the, uh, from the offices. And, uh, they would watch us, uh, do a rehearsal script in hand, but on set.
0: Um, okay. So the set was permanently up.
1: Yeah. And then Tuesday night, almost always you would get a a new, a new script. And then, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is when we shot, only because we had no live audience, it was a three-camera uh, film that they used um, at that time. So, uh,
0: did you love know. it? Like, did you love walking around the script? Did it feel like home? Did you get really close with all the cast, or was it kind of like a job where you stood where you were told to stand? Like, how much of a life it was, was it, rather than, than a job? Absolutely,
1: absolutely, both of those things. Um, it was, it was all of the above. Uh, I, I was so, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, very small town, uh, speak when spoken to, don't say anything unless you have something nice to say, that sort of thing. So I I was just happy, honestly, honestly happy to have a job. Uh, And and I, I didn't, in a lot of ways, didn't let people in. You know what I mean? I like I did. Right, I, okay. I, I taught I, I treated it very much as a as a as a job, and I was very serious about that. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Ma'am, yes, ma'am. To the point where I didn't immediately start <laughs> gathering people's names because I was so concerned with being polite. Uh, but <laughs> You're so adorable. <laughs> but after, well, also I was seventeen too. You know, I was I was very young. What
0: age was Melissa? Is she older than you or younger? Uh, just
1: a couple of years older than me.
0: Okay. And were yeah. you were you guys like? Pal, friends, or was it kind well, of colleagues for the first few seasons? Uh,
1: I guess we were colleagues for the first few seasons just in that she had already... I mean, she'd already had a, had a series. She'd already been there, done what that. What was the she,
0: first one? Was she that was Clarissa?
1: Very, yeah, that would have been Clarissa. I'm sure she'd done other things at that point. Um, But she was very uh skilled and very work-oriented. So everything was she she knew how to separate job from from personal life way before i did. Uh, okay. Yeah, so we had a, a very um very business-like relationship in the beginning and then and with for me with the crew, with Melissa, with the cast everybody, uh the longer it went on, the more they became family. Uh and and she was uh honestly like a sister to me. Um I still, I still think of her as my my big sister. I think I even say that to her sometimes. Um, her her
0: you mother you sit in touch?
1: Oh, of course, yeah. Oh yeah, um, she she puts together uh, reunions and, and charity events and, and, and things where we get to uh, uh, see each other and and socialize and and every time we do that, it's it's like uh, it's like it never ended. You know? It's uh, uh, how many years did you work together
0: overall on Sabrina? Overall, I believe it was seven seven years. That's not a short time. Like, that's a lifetime.
1: It goes by so fast. It
0: goes by so fast. But it's certainly a lifetime when you you go from 17 to 24. Like, they're pretty formative years, right?
1: Well, they should have been, but I feel like I was kind of frozen in time. I feel like I was was all grown up when I was 17. I was very grown up, you know, very serious and very work-oriented when I was 17. Uh, And, you know, little did I know. So by the time it ended, I I feel like I I was sort of, uh, I guess, emotionally the same spot where I started, where, where, you know, because we were just in this in this bubble of of a good time. Uh, uh, You know, everybody had, first of all, gainful employment, which, you know, before I I started that series, I was uh, essentially uh, I just came out of being homeless. I just came out of of living in a van for a while Uh, and. And so to just have that bubble of, of, of gainful employment, of having the best time of your life, of having uh, – th- not to mention the, the fact that those scripts, the the writing, the the format of the show was in such a way that we were – we were uh, playing so much we were, yeah, we got, were having I, I got so to much be fun. i got to be so many different characters in those 7 years uh, anytime i got zapped into something i was something else i you know i've been a monster i've been a dog i've been uh, pulled into a closet by an octopus I've been, you know all these things that would <laughs> really honestly as an actor probably rarely if ever happen i got to jam into uh, it seems like i lived a lifetime in those 7 years but because it was that that thing that bubble those people and everything was was that collaboration that when I came out of that I I, I feel like I uh, I was the same person I walked in as
0: uh, and so do you think that for better for so worse during those seven years was it because in Ireland Sabrina the Teenage Witch was so huge I'm not sure what it was like because America is bigger and the audience is bigger like were you recognized on the street was it super fame or how did it feel when you were offset?
1: uh i generally went straight home to bed uh i didn't i'm i'm i'm, I'm but when you were on hiatus or uh, my mi- other- my nickname in high school was the hobbit you know i i didn't I okay didn't, I, I never really went out much so you know uh, occasionally melissa would drag us out we're going to this nightclub this and that we can walk right in and, and i uh, was terrified every time uh <laughs> terrified of what Oh, just uh, l- large groups, large. Uh, okay. Yeah. I've never been a, a big crowds people. Uh, uh, so there was that. And, and I, I also, you know, from early on, uh, as long as I can remember, I've had uh, real strong anxiety for absolutely no reason. I, I find out now that it's, it's hereditary, uh, but uh, I would, there were, there were a, a couple of instances I would say that, no, most of the time, everything was very normal. Nobody really bothered me much or whatever. But uh, there there was a, some certain instances where it it just freaked me out. Like there was a, a time in a grocery store where uh, uh, I got followed around a grocery store and I ended up leaving the cart in the aisle and le- <laughs> walking out. And uh, and then there was another Who time. Who was following you? I, I some, you know, fans of the show. They were probably very sweet, but they didn't have the courage to come up so instead they just kind of followed me around the entire time yes so it it freaked me out and and uh uh, there was another time in a a mall where i went into the mall uh to go to a record store and and some kids perked up and and saw uh me and 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 a friend of mine who was also on the show at the time and and sort of chased us out of the mall and then i didn't go back into a mall for like six years so uh Oh, Nate. Oh, isn't
0: that sad I didn't go to a mall? (laughs) No, but it's just about like, these are the things that you see, you know, there's many, many child actors, let's say, and I know you were 17. But like having that sort of attention and that sort of living in a strange paradigm when you're at that age, you see it with many celebrities now. It's a formative time, and it kind of can mess you up. Like the fact that you're like, you know, I'm not going to go to a mall during these years when that's all teenagers do. I think there. I'm just there is a there's a reason why so many child actors end up so messed up. Would you agree? Yeah,
1: I don't think I really fit that to a T. But I can. I understand where you. I understand where you're going. Absolutely, and and I have I have friends that. that it, w- it w- i mean this would be a whole nother podcast to get into but i, I have friends one in particular that that uh child the, the whole child actor thing uh d- d- destroyed him destroyed his personality destroyed him
0: as a person uh, uh and and it's what it- do you think that is do you think it's just the the weird like the otherness of it being so different from what you're meant to be at that time uh
1: yes i think I think there's well, here, put it this way. When I, when I grew up wanting to be an actor, it was because I watched all these television shows and I saw all these actors and I wanted to emulate that, but I never saw them after cut, after the director yelled cut, you know, I only mm-hmm. saw them in these shows, in these fictitious lives. And, and I think that was part of my, uh, my, my inner dealings with it is that I, I just didn't think about that at all. Honestly, when I first started the show, I, I, I just thought, oh, we're doing this. We're all having fun. Nobody's ever going to see it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, uh it, it's, it was all based off of fantasy and and I lived in a fantasy world. And and so when that bubble, uh, gets broke, um, or gets, uh, uh even blown at, uh, you just, uh, it, It's, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird feeling. I was a a small
0: town kid in Minnesota, you know? I mean, what is it like after cut? Like what is the reality of that whole sort of lifestyle?
1: uh, Oh, that's different for everybody. I mean, I, I know a lot of, uh, people that I worked with the second somebody yelled cut, they ran back to their trailer to work on, uh, whatever they were working on next. Uh, Paul Feig would be a great example of that. Uh, I believe I'm not positive. Uh, Paul F- Puffy Paul was Mr. Poole. Uh, Mr.
0: Poole, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I'm a not, hero. I can't say for certain, but I believe that when they yelled cut, he ran back to the trailer to continue working on Freaks and Geeks, which he uh, uh, helped to create and
0: produce. Very cool. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, he had a big hand in the office um, uh, in the U.S. And, uh, uh, yeah, the, the all-female Ghostbusters cast. And Yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like that's the kind of person that second they yelled cut, he was back in in the land of imagination, you know. I mean, he was right yeah. back to, to me being that kid watching TV again. Uh, but he was on the on the creative end of that, and and for some people, the second they all cut, they were off to go to some fancy party or something. And for me, I just I went straight home. I had a couple friends that uh, moved out shortly after I did, and and we spent all of our time together. I had uh, one other actor friend that was my uh, roommate for years and years, and, and we spent pretty much all of our time together. Uh, was
0: that person in the show, too, or a different show?
1: No. Uh, uh, well, his name's uh, Michael Pena. Uh, he's, uh, look him up, he's in everything. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people
0: hearing his name will know. What's uh, his name? Michael Pena. P-E? Um, P-E-N-A. um He's an American actor and musician. He has starred in many films. Oh yeah, I recognize him.
1: Oh yeah, you will. Yeah. So he and I he he looked out for me early on.
0: He's in My Little Pony the movie <laughs> and a Wrinkle in Time. <laughs>
1: well, that's American fantastic. Oscar. I'm sure that's what he was uh, always aspiring to.
0: And then, and the wasp. That's very funny. <laughs> so you used to hang out with him?
1: Yeah, I mean, he looked after me when we were both uh hard on our luck. We 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 made sure that uh you know, when when he had the the means, he would make sure there was a roof over my head. He actually uh, got me uh we spent the night at uh, Charlie Theron's house one night because a uh, friend of a friend's situation. She had a house and we needed a place to stay and uh just
0: uh yeah, uh, late 90s were a bizarre time. Is the were you hard up after Sabrina, during Sabrina, where are we during oh, this? Oh, uh, beforehand.
1: I, well, I'd just done a, a commercial on a pilot, which kind of got me on my feet again. Right. Um, uh, and, you know, Michael was on his feet. He helped me out. I was on my feet. I helped him out. It was a, it was an ongoing thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, it was, it was sketchy for a little bit.
0: Is that, that seems to be, I mean, it's such a precarious, it's such a precarious industry and there's so little, and even in this country, far more it's, there's no supports really because we don't have the screen actors guild and all of those unions that you guys have really. Um, And it's scary, particularly during these times where you're looking down the barrel of, you know, the television industry going, how, how are they going to mount a production during with, with this virus? Um, and so many actors are out of work. Basically all actors are out of work at the moment. All, uh, yeah.
1: Everybody in production. I, I, uh, you know, these days I still audition, but these days I, I do, uh, the, the, most of my work is behind the scenes, uh, commercial stuff. Uh, you know, that's the pay the bills while I, which allows me to still audition, which is great. Um, and yeah, all of that is shut down. It's all gone. Um, I've heard, uh, through the grapevine that, uh, the builders, uh, may be going back to work, uh, the first week of June, um, uh, which, uh, means that everything should, uh, be following suit. Uh, builders build sets first. That's the first thing that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well,
0: presumably designers design sets first. Well,
1: yeah, but they can do that from home without, uh, yeah, yeah exactly. But I'm just
0: saying that, like, that stuff has been happening behind the scenes. Absolutely. Excuse the pun. Um, Right. And hopefully it can get get ramped up. Because I think also what we've learned during this time is that we've probably watched more television than we've ever watched. And now they're doing, over here, they're doing reruns of old TV shows that have been successful in the past because they have nothing new to show, really. What are they showing Um, over
1: there? I just want to know for my own benefit like right? what what are the shows well, it's that
0: they- it's more like our, our our national broadcaster has you know had a there was a successful tv show about 10 years ago called love hate and now they're repeating that um Is it any all, good all, should i watch it uh it's it's about gangland crime in dublin
1: wow so, you're just really nailing that uh stereotype huh
0: if you wanna watch that kind of thing. Um <laughs> I have downloaded Disney Plus. I've subscribed to Disney Plus, so I'm just making my way through um all of that old all of that old chestnut. Um, how about, th- how about The
1: Mandalorian. Did you did you watch
0: The Mandalorian? I did not watch The Mandalorian, I because I hadn't any references for Star Wars. So I started watching Star Wars and then there was like oh I asked my Twitter, God, ah. are you kidding me? Oh. What That... I shouldn't Uh, be watching Star Wars. No,
1: I just, that's how I grew up on, you know, those Star Wars, uh, you know, that's the only time I was allowed to play with dolls
0: because I have my Star Wars figures. Oh my God, you're (laughs) hilarious. I haven't, I I, saw, but then there was war on Twitter because I was asking what order I should watch them in. So I started because I'm oh, very, yeah. very uh, chronological. Debate. Oh yeah. So I was like, I started with episode one, Phantom Menace, and then two, three, mm. and then I was like, ooh, and then people were like, no, don't watch him no, like that. And no. then I was like, I really like Jar Jar Binks, and then everyone was like, he's awful, he's the worst thing about Star Wars.
1: He's a friend of my wife's, and that Jar poor, Jar Binks. that poor guy. He's oh man, the, the, he's such a great guy and he the actor he yes and he did his he did his very best and and so the the poor guy got this backlash and and i he's just such a fantastic guy it's uh
0: what was the backlash
1: well it, it, it i guess it's different in ireland you know here it seemed to be a very uh stereotypical or even racist uh a characterization uh, and uh and he got uh, he got a lot of backlash from the fans uh, of of Star Wars. Wow. Also, also, I also believe because he was sort of a cartoonish figure, that was a bad thing. But but there was uh, I can and, I, and I'm I have a hole in my head for names I, and well, there's I want s- by Ahmed a ni- Best. Ahmed Best, he's such a nice guy and and, and a yeah, fantastic well, actor too. Uh, it's I've, seen, I've seen him work.
0: Well, I stayed away then from Star Wars because I was like, you know what? I don't care enough. Yeah, to you kind of walked to, Yeah, you like walked yourself. into a snowball fight there, didn't you? Yeah. I did. So yeah. I'm not watching The Mandalorian, even though Baby Yoda is very cute. He's adorable. I'm watching, yeah. like, Disney movies and what have you. Um, I do wish that I could watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch from the beginning right up until the end, but there's no way to do that unless I do it illegally.
1: You're kidding me. You don't have the... Uh the, the, the facets over there are not uh, the same as they are here. You don't have the, the Hulu?
0: We don't have Hulu, no. Oh, boy. What's wrong with Hulu? What are they doing? They need to get out. They need I to get out. Know. They I don't I mean, I could more. get a VPN, but I don't have Hulu. We don't even have, I mean, we don't have a lot of things over here. Um, What other questions do I have? What else do you, I, anytime I ask you, I mean, off this podcast about, do you remember? Because I have such, I can quote Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I say things like, I think I text you on Valentine's Day once saying, Happy Val Day, Sab. And you were like, yeah, I don't remember filming that.
1: Uh, I watched two episodes. I watched. Why? I watched the. Ve- well,
0: it was I, very good.
1: Again, 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 it was. I, I don't think I was in the demographic, to be honest. Uh, you were. I,
0: I, well, I no, you were meant. I spoke right.
1: About. A 17, 18, 19-year-old boy probably didn't watch uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. I watched the, I watched two episodes. I watched the the very first one that we shot, uh, the, the the
0: very first. Were you of, impressed?
1: Uh, and I watched it because Melissa had a party and had everybody watch it. And, and yeah, I was impressed. I just I didn't like seeing myself. I was doing a character uh, based on. Uh, based on uh, some other characters and specifically a, a friend of mine that I grew up with. Uh, I was kind of like emulating that and to see myself do it really threw me off. So I just okay. didn't, I didn't want to
0: see it. It was a character that I was doing. I, 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 I and you know, I, do you I, even remember filming any of the episodes being particularly funny or uh, enjoying any part of it
1: based on how much we got the crew to laugh? Because okay. uh, if the, if the director or if, uh, namely our producer was, uh, yelling at them to not laugh during takes, uh, then I knew we were, we're having a good time. <laughs> you
0: <know? laughs> can you remember any of those scenes specifically? I bet you can't.
1: Oh, no, no, I, honestly, I can't. Um, was
0: there a set, um, uh, that can you picture a set particular that was always more fun to shoot on?
1: Uh, well, the, 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 School hallway was always tricky because you had to go around corners and and the uh, cameraman. This is back in the Panavision film days where the camera weighed, I don't know, 800 pounds. I don't know how much the thing weighed. It was ridiculous. And they started with the Steadicam. Steadicam was a fairly new thing at the time. So when we were doing scenes where we walked down the hall, this poor camera guy uh, had this – bazillion pound Panavision film camera attached to him. Uh, he had two guys, one on each side of him, holding him by the belt loop or by the belt. Uh, so he couldn't fall over backwards. And then he would have to walk backwards uh, shooting us uh, doing these, these hallway scenes. And uh, we would uh, typically muck them up the first couple of times. Uh, and so, so the,
0: then he's the getting poor- pissed off with you. <laughs> he, but that's the thing he never
1: did. He never got upset. His face got red, but he never said
0: anything. Oh, I feel really bad for that man.
1: Oh, well, yeah, well he was uh I mean they, they they for one thing, they paid those guys really well, I hope uh and for another thing, he was uh, also just one of the nicest guys in the world.
0: How did you feel about the costume that Harvey was made to wear? Were they your kind of clothes? Not at first.
1: Uh, right down the line. They let me select things like the first couple of years. I kind of had to wear what they told me, I think from what I remember, uh, but I could eventually choose. And I I always liked, uh, because they had these wardrobe houses that have been there since the the 30s. So I would pick things that were uh, very fifties, very forties cut. And, and from that era, they would just pull them out. Um, I, I have a few,
0: a few items I held on to, actually. Oh, my God. Please send me... Te- I'll put it up with the podcast. Please send me some of the pictures.
1: Oh, man. Some really beautiful Pendleton from the 40s, 50s.
0: Stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: so you'll, Did you get to
0: keep any of the props?
1: Uh, I have my teeth. Uh, when they turn me into a beast, I have my teeth. Erin, who made them, she was the makeup artist. She still is a fantabulous makeup artist. She... Uh, she seems to think that they told her that the teeth were too scary and they didn't allow me to wear them on camera. Uh, I thought I did, but in I any case, you did. but in That's any the case, the she turns
0: them. you into a and you're all like hairy and your hands and your knuckles are. Yeah.
1: Were my teeth all like fangs and real scary or were they just a little dirty, like maybe some black wax or something?
0: I thought they were fangs, but I don't. No, I haven't seen that episode in so long. Hmm. I will look into it, though. (laughs) Um, Actually, you could look into it yourself. It's a very good episode. I can't. I can't watch myself. You know that about me. I know, yeah, but, you know, now you're looking at the past. Yeah. Think of it as a history lesson.
1: Yes. The second one. The second one that we... Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was just going to do backing up to the, the earlier... The second one that I ever watched, uh, second and only, was the first one that Melissa directed, and Which we wa- we watched that season. In- oh God, I don't remember. Uh, I stood outside watching through the window because I didn't want to see. Um, so I didn't. No, I do. I actually that. watch that of, one.
0: It's kind of well, yeah. You've been. Watching, uh, uh, I saw you as a police officer in. Uh, can't in cope, my show yeah that was kind yeah. of a, that was a birthday present, but it it's also ah um <laughs> we shot that on my birthday um so did you my final question or coming to the end on your last episodes of Sabrina, did you know they were your last episodes, or did you think that you were gonna continue for the other seasons
1: uh well they they pulled me they I think they pulled me after season four or five somewhere in there. Uh, they said we're we're changing the direction of the show. We're going to do a college thing, and we sort of exhausted what we can do with your character as far as that goes. Um, How
0: did that meeting feel? Uh, I don't. I kind of. I don't know. I just agreed with them. You know. I mean, it just was there an opportunity for you to convince them, or was it just like this is what's happening? We're just telling you.
1: Oh no no it was uh, it was definitely a firing uh, sensation, but I didn't feel like I was getting, you know what I mean? I didn't feel like I was getting fired. I already, it was such a a good run again. I, I, you know, yeah, I loved every second of it and I knew it wasn't going to last forever. And if they said, if they said it was one of the college. Yeah. Yeah. So if they said it was done, it was done. And then they, yeah, they brought me back and, uh, I, towards the end of the seasons for the next two and then like every other something, I can't remember how it played out, but, uh, I do know, I do remember that it didn't, it never felt the same afterwards. Like when I come in. just
0: coming on for a guest.
1: Yeah, because everybody else is already at at full speed, you know, and you feel like you're kind of uh, running to catch the train, sort of. Um, Which I'm sure that's how, I mean, I've done other shows or did other shows at the time where I was a guest spot and, and it did feel like that. It felt like you're kind of running to catch the train. Like everybody else is already in a groove and you're sort of trying to fit in that, in, in that groove that they're, that they're uh, living in. So um, yeah, I but do remember. It was like, if, the same.
0: like the way that the TV show ends is that on the day of Sabrina's wedding, Amanda, her cousin, who is Amanda? Is that her sister? In real yes, life. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. One so, of one of the many, one of the many
0: sisters. So Amanda pressures Harvey to go to the wedding, but he refuses to attend. And then Amanda leaves him a small box that has his soul, his soul stone in it. And then that makes him come to the church and wait in front of the church. Mm-hmm. And then Sabrina comes out at the church at twelve twenty six, which is the time that they first ever met.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they share a kiss before riding away on his motorcycle. Yes, and then harvey and sabrina's stole sons are a perfect match where they throw them away and they magically reunite but harvey and sabrina never see that could you imagine but like did did that feel like a culmination of all of your work or was it just like we just need to shoot these scenes now
1: uh no it was just shoot these scenes now because uh i i i read it in the script what was going to happen but you know we obviously don't see those effects are done way after we're gone uh so <laughs> I know that,
0: but did you, were you glad to know that Sabrina and Harvey ended up together, or did you care at that point? I actually like, were you invested I, as much as I was? Evidently
1: not. Not in the least. No, I actually kind of felt bad for the Aaron character. Uh, oh, he was such a... Oh, I hated he? him. He was awful. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, then I don't
0: feel so bad anymore. Thanks for lifting that. I mean, that you could also me. probably do like a feminist reading of his character, too. <laughs> he was problematic. like. <laughs> I loved Harvey. Ah, oh,
1: yeah. Well, he's caused a lot of problems, you know, in relationships over the years. Do you know this?
0: Where people think that they're significant other, Harvey, they're going out with you
1: that, yeah, that they should live up to those standards, uh, that, that their significant other should match, uh, Harvey, boy. the Harvey persona. And, uh, it, it just, uh, I f- I, so I'm sorry to all those husbands and, uh, significant others.
0: Uh, but he was so kind and good and she turned him into a beast and they were meant to be together. Wasn't he a little gullible though? Yeah, but that was why he was lovely because he his gullibility allowed her to be her true self because she could be the witch that she was and didn't have to pretend like didn't have to like hide it. She just, well actually no, she did hide it all the time but she, if he had been questioning her Look, I don't know. I don't know what's the right thing. <laughs> Wait, you're just... getting really
1: deep with this. This was kind of cool. I was, uh, I was into it. No, because
0: he's perfect for her while she's learning who she is and coming into her full power. He doesn't, he doesn't stop her or block her or make her feel weird. And then when she's fully aware of who she is and comfortable with it, she tells him, and he accepts her. And then they ride off into the sunset on a motorbike, and their stones <laughs> match. Mate, <laughs> I cannot. i I cannot disagree
1: with you okay
0: okay i think i'm done here i think (laughs) (laughs) i need to go and find a vpn and watch (laughs) sabrina on hulu from the start
1: oh
0: boy do you have anything else to say for yourself nate richard
1: oh not a thing not a thing thank you for if people
0: want to follow you and find your music and and all that good stuff yeah where can they do so uh, I have a,
1: I have a website. It's uh, naterichard.net, or you can find me on the Instagram. and the. Uh, do you
0: have a blue tick?
1: I finally got it. Can you
0: believe it? I can't. Do you know what they, did you
1: have to do? You have to ask for it.
0: Oh, my God. So what? Just say, give me a blue tick. I'm Nate Richard. Yeah. And
1: then they say, well, no. And they do that a couple times. And then, like, on the third or fourth time, they go,
0: uh, all right but like what do they say? no no you're not nate richard or no uh,
1: they don't say anything at all it's just uh it's a it's a denial uh letter and if you follow me on instagram i posted it just because i thought it was funny okay uh, and, and it's of course they don't they, they can't spend the time you know they got there's thousands of youtube stars that want these things and everything you know what i mean like it's a very coveted uh, you know the star-belly sneeches from uh, Doctor Seuss. Yes, you know? you're a
0: star-belly yeah. sneech.
1: i i my. <laughs> that's what I put when I got. It. I said, "This sneech is now star-bellied," oh. and like five five people got it. I love Doctor Seuss. <laughs> well, now, yeah, that's another thing I grew up on. Doctor Seuss, Doctor Seuss, Mister Rogers, and
0: what's your and, favorite Doctor Seuss uh, story? Kirk Cameron, all the places you'll go. <laughs>
1: No, it's the Starbelly snitches, actually.
0: <laughs> well, now that you are one. Um, hilariously. Well, pretty soon
1: we're all going to get them all removed, and that's going to be the thing. So,
0: I decided the best thing to do before recording this podcast was put on the washing machine, and it's just going on to the spin cycle, so it's about to get really loud, so <laughs> I'm going to say goodbye. Well, Thanks. that's what life is really like. Yeah, well, it's you know 8 nice. o'clock in the morning here now, so I'm ready to start the day. Thank you for joining me for my breakfast coffee. Have a nice sleep. All right, I will. And I will talk to you really soon. All right, good morning and good night. Good night, friend. (laughs) All right, love you. Take care. Hey, it's me again. If you made it through that podcast, thank you and well done. On a side note, I want to do an episode down the line where I answer questions that you ask. Have any questions about me, Ireland, the world, yourself, any questions at all? I'll be putting a question box on Instagram. My handle is at Stephanie Prizner. That's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E. And you can send me your questions. And in a later episode, I will answer all of those questions without a guest. I hope that you can get involved and ask whatever's been on your mind. Share the podcast if you enjoyed it. Uh, Rate it and review it on iTunes. That helps us to get up further in the charts and helps more people to find the podcast so you could share it on your instagram if you have any feedback or any questions you can get in touch with me on twitter at steph preisner or on instagram at stephanie preisner and that's steph with an f our music was brought to you by only ruin our graphic design and artwork is by Kahlo Gara, and this podcast was produced by the head stuff podcast network